Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, without a voice today, so I'm going to attempt to introduce our amazing guest now. Jeannie DeAngelis, known on social media as the Low Ox Grandma, is a low oxalate warrior who found out the hard way that consuming plant foods can destroy good health. Looking back over her life, Jeannie now realizes how profoundly the plant compound known as oxalate impacted her health. Jeannie's poor health started with separation anxiety as a small child, and to make matters worse, in 2019, conditions stemming from a high oxalate diet made her very sick, and she became desperate to find answers. Jeannie spent years suffering through several symptoms, including diverticular infections, C. diff, several surgeries, including a colon resection, intestinal blockages and hernias, vertigo, spectrum 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 disorder symptoms, excuse me, tinnitus, migraines, thyroid issues, arthritis, vulvodynia, and three decades of urinary tract infections. Wow, insane. Eventually, Jeannie stumbled upon the Vulvar Pain Foundation and the Low Oxalate Eating Plan. After lowering high oxalate foods, systemic pain subsided, and many lifelong conditions miraculously improved. She now shares her story on social media, where you can find her on Instagram, at Low Ox Grandma. Jeannie DeAngelis, what an absolute honor it is to welcome you to Boundless Body Radio. It's an honor to be with you. Thank I, you for asking me. Absolutely. It's such an honor to have you. You graciously asked when I told you that I didn't have a voice if if I wanted to reschedule. And I said, absolutely not. I'm going to try to stumble through this and say the least amount possible because I'm so excited to talk to you. For whatever reason, I'm not sure why. I've got a little scratch in my throat. And I was just reflecting. It's really interesting. Since since I started eating low carb, I can't remember the last time I was actually like truly sick. Like I've had a sniffle here and there. I've had a cough here and there, maybe a scratchy throat. But even like my, my Facebook memories will come up and it's like, I, I posted all the time. It was at least once a year. Like somebody kill me. I'm laying on my couch watching prices right all day. Can't go to work for the third day straight. Do you remember getting very sick like that all the time? Yes. Yes. I remember being sick all the time, but the reason you probably feel better is because your immune system isn't fighting so hard to try to deal with gluten and sugar and every other thing that you were bombarding your body with. So now when you have a little sniffle or a cold, your body can address it in a more efficient way. So you don't get as, as ill as you were before and as often as as you as you did before. Yeah, totally. Right? I think there's a lot to that. It was really interesting. The weekend, the world kind of shut down. I was actually in Denver for Low Carb, uh, low carb Denver 2020. And we were discussing papers on, you know, low carbohydrate diets, ketogenic diets, and sicknesses like influenza. And I can say most of us really had no idea what was about to hit us and what COVID was. We were just starting to learn about it. The shutdown happened like on the Monday or Tuesday after to the conference, but I can tell you everybody in that room was fairly confident that they were like, well, I haven't really been sick for many years and yeah, we're going to take this carefully and we're going to bump elbows rather than shake hands. But most of the people there kind of said the same thing. Like we don't really ever get sick anymore. It's not really a big thing. Isn't that amazing? So amazing. <laughs> you know, as far as being somebody that's into low oxalate eating, the only thing that wor- concerns me a little bit about like the keto group and the paleo group is that they put a lot of emphasis on almond flour and chocolate and sweet potatoes and that kind of thing. Cause I, that was, I mean, I don't know where you want to start this story, but it was within the time period where I was eating, like I was eating keto that I actually put myself over the edge because wow. I was making like Kentucky butter bread with almond flour and miracle pie crust and all this kind of stuff. And that was when I actually had 
now looking back, you know, like after you've been through something and you look back, you can look back and you can make, you can connect the dots that you didn't realize what, what happened. I had eaten like a lot of Kentucky butter bread made with dense almond flour. Boy, was that good. <laughs> and, um, but it gave me a, a, a floater in my eye that's called a Weiss ring. And that weekend that I ate all that bread, something just broke off in my eye and I have it to this day. I have one in both eyes, actually, because then I started eating that way again. And um, before I realized what was happening. And so I have two floaters in my eyes that are kind of like amoebas, the size of flies. Wow. And that's one. I mean, you, we talk about that list of things that I have been through. Um, but there hasn't been probably any area of my body that hasn't been affected by oxalate. Crazy. I could barely get through the list of symptoms that you sent me. And I had to cut this list down for time. You mentioned that in your eyes that you had those floaters going on. I didn't even say that in the introduction. It, it, it's amazing to hear your story and to hear all the things that you've gone through. We've been fortunate enough to host our mutual friends, you know, Sally Norton and Monique Attinger. Multiple times we've had them on. We've gotten into the weeds about you know what oxalate are, what they do. And I was telling you a little bit off air, the trouble that I have is when I tell my clients or I tell people who are asking about it, I can explain the science and they can kind of relate. They can kind of feel the, you know, the mouthfeel that you get when you chew up spinach and get that kind of crystally sandpapery kind of people can relate to that, but they just don't want to hear the fact that they're doing everything right. And they're, it's, it, that is what's causing some of their suffering, the bone problems, the joint issues, all of that stuff. And so I'm so grateful for you to come on today to share your story. And you, we can jump in at any point, wherever you would like to start to talk uh, about. You know, just to address what you're saying, it's like, you know, everything right, is, if it includes probably like 20 foods, is everything wrong? Okay. And the fact that people can be this ill and ill and, and, and probably those people that you, you say that about spinach or, or chocolate or sweet potatoes, or whatever, they probably will, you know, they'll kind of admit, you know, oh, yeah, I have a rotator cuff problem. I can't lift my arm or yeah. When I try to open a jar, my, my hands hurt over here or yeah, my ears ring a little, or yeah, I started on thyroid medicine when I was 30 or, you know, we're trying to have a baby and we can't, we don't know why we can't conceive or women having intractable UTIs from a certain age and the doctor telling them, well, you know, that's what happens when you get older, you know, and, and never putting the dots together. Like what I actually had to say to my doctor at one point was like, listen, I've been here. I was, I've been coming here since I'm in my twenties. We know each other 40 years. And all this time I've been getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And nobody really realized what it was that, that was happening to me. And it was one thing. It was one thing. It started like with surgeries when I was in my 20s. I started having surgery, breaking down uh, tissues, growing tumors in my abdominal wall, infections, endometriosis, thyroid problems, diverticulitis. And it just went decade by decade. It kept getting worse and worse and worse. And me being a responsible per person was doing what I thought was best. I was at the gym, working out, running three miles a day and drinking, juicing beets and juicing spinach and thinking that that was going to make me better. And it was making me 
worse. And I, so my natural inclination was to believe there was something wrong with my body. It wasn't working. You know, oh, you have autoimmune disease. Oh, you have uh, lupus. Oh, your kidneys aren't working that great. Your kidney function isn't that great in my 40s. So, and then I'd come home and I'd roast up a couple of beets and eat them, you know. And then what would happen? I would, you know, I'd feel like I couldn't urinate. Like, well, what's what is this about? Well, because I had crystals that were, were, were irritating my urethra and making it swell up that I couldn't even get the urine out. And I thought it was me. I would be up in the middle of the night, you know, trying to figure out how I could get around urine, urinary tract infections. Course after course after course of antibiotics, which you know, I'm sure Sally has told you, just absolutely annihilates the bacteria you need to deal with oxalates. Right. Wow. So you're in a catch 22 where while you're trying to get better, you're making yourself worse. And while while the doctor tries to address the problems that you have, everything just gets worse. And that's where I found myself. I was having... I would say in the infection side, I would say it was probably the worst was, you know, it, UTIs that would never go away. Uh, then it went into diverticular infections where I'd end up in the hospital. And then, you know, they put you on IV uh, antibiotics in the hospital that turned into C. diff. That was a that. And then to compound the problem. I don't understand why I'm not a scientist. You'd have to ask Sally, but for some reason, they cause well, well, kind of like what we were just talking about. Your immune system is on fire trying to deal with toxin. You know, the people that you talk to really have to understand that regardless of what they believe, if they just look up oxalic acid, right? Oxalic acid, it is a poison. So it's not a matter of having a discussion about what I believe or what I don't believe. The truth of the matter is the plants have it. It's an anti-nutrient and it is a poison and poison is not good for uh, living organisms. No matter what you think, if you like spinach, if you like chocolate, if you like sweet potatoes, that's fine. But be aware that you're eating poison and it's doing damage to your body. And eventually your body is going to start screaming for mercy and it might not happen until you're 65. It might not happen until you're 70. The things that, that you know, the medical fields blame on aging probably aren't this much aging and that much oxalate toxicity because it accumulates in your body. And if you keep eating it, it never comes out. So it's in your joints. It's in your eyes. It's in your ears. It's in your thyroid. It has a tremendous, I mean, Monique wrote a fabulous article about, um, the connection between oxalates and breast cancer. Those little, you know, those little calcium cysts that everybody's running to the uh, to the uh, to the doctor to get biopsy all the time is calcium oxalate. So, I, I guess what I'm trying to say uh, is that people's opinions are lovely, but the truth of the matter is, science or no science. Oxalate is toxic. And if you eat it, you're eating a toxin. And if the toxin gets into your body, it destroys your gut. And when it gets to the walls of your gut, it goes on a hunt mission for calcium. It hooks up to it. So not only are you eating poison, destroying your gut, but now you're setting up a situation where the ca- when it when it when it gets together with the calcium, you now have crystals 
So the crystals are the things that people say, well, if you don't have, if you don't have kidney stones and you really don't have a problem with oxalate. And I say, the reason you end up with a kidney stone is because kidneys filter blood and blood goes everywhere. So when you when they open up a person in an autopsy or they have to go in there and scrape stuff out of your arteries, what do they find? They find calcium. And it actually, that plaque is the same plaque as that that's on the back of your teeth. And in a kidney stone is actually calcium oxalate accruing in spots in your body. That's yeah. what's in your joints. That's what's in your knees. That's what's in your toes. And that's what causes you to have UTIs. I mean, there's so much stuff that we could talk about. We could just concentrate on bladder infections and what happens to the wall of the bladder when, when the calcium oxalate gets in there and the irritation that takes place or how E. coli ends up there or how the body just can't, can't, can't fight the infection, the invasion that's going on. The immune system can't. So the infections just go, go rampant. Wow. No, it's, so, yeah, it's crazy. You know, and for, for me, what I went through is that I got sicker and sicker. And then I ended up having to have a colon resection because my colon was completely destroyed by uh, diverticulitis, which is a connective tissue disorder, which comes from oxalate. Okay. So then then I ended up with C. diff. So in order to get me off the antibiotics, so I, you know, they had to get rid of the infection. They couldn't get rid of the infection. So we were in a terrible catch 22. So they took out a piece of my colon. Because my tissue, my connective tissue was all messed up. I had a tremendous incisional hernia. All of my intestines fell out. They adhesed together and stuck to my abdominal wall. I had to have that fixed. And that was like a whole nother story. I don't even want to get into the details. You get in the picture. And it just brought more and more distress and sickness onto me. So till I was so sick that honestly, I was just in a place where I was just like, God, you just got to get me out of here. You got to get me out of here. I can't do any more of this. Between the anxiety and, and all the surgeries after surgeries after surgeries and blockages. I don't know if you've ever heard or known anybody who's ever had an intestinal blockage. But I just, all I can say to you is that I pray to the Lord for you that you never have to experience that pain. Wow. It was so intense, such intense pain. And, you know, looking back at it now, the resolve that people, I mean, uh, I don't know if that's the right word. Like there are people, the doctors and everybody just resolve that this is just what happens and people get this and the people that get this end up coming here three times a year and you're in a ward with people and you have an NG tube down your nose into your belly and there's just people, hopeless people walking around that way that come there three times a year. I haven't been back since I got rid of oxalate. Wow. wow. Okay. So the scar tissue and the adhesions and all that stuff is all, all comes from your fibrosis because think of it this way, a simple way to put it, and this is what I try to do with my little page, is try to give word pictures to people who don't understand science, okay? So you're scouring out your veins day and night and your body, God made it to heal. So your body is going to try to, to heal all those little micro abrasions and all those little wounds that you have. So the fibroid retinogen level in your blood is going to go up to address those little injuries. So your 
the fibrinogen level in your in your body is always high as you're drinking spinach smoothies and eating, you know, sweet potato souffle, you know, and having roasted beets and doing all this and eating peanuts and eating almond flour and and all of this. You're just it's just like taking little shards of glass and just sanding the inside of your body. So your body, thank because God made it that way, is going to try to heal itself. And when it tries to heal itself, it, the fibrinogen level is going to go up, which means that you're going to make more scar tissue and you're going to make more adhesions. So you're just caught in a web of hell. Wow. That's all it is. Okay. Wow. So am I talking too much? <laughs> no, absolutely about? not. <laughs> absolutely I not. As I told you, I've got no voice. I mean, this is great. <laughs> For all of this, I found out, you know, so, so oxalate affects every part of your body it, and it's a neurotoxin. So it affects your neurological system. So a lot of times, you know, through my whole life, as I was growing up from when I was a child, intractable anxiety, so many problems, you know, separation anxiety. And I grew up that way until I, you know, people's like, Gene's crazy, Gene's nuts, Gene's got anxiety, Gene's got so much fear, Gene's this, Gene's that. I come to find out after I got so sick with the oxalate, my husband's like, you have to go get checked. I think you have autism because we have a lot of autism in my family. I'm like, oh, please, you know, I don't have autism. I can't take another thing. I went and I, I went to a doctor, a, 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 you know, I mean, I, a very reputable doctor that diagnoses autism. And I, I absolutely am on the spectrum, which puts me in a position to have three times higher oxalate levels in my blood than nor, nor typical person. Wow. So all of that intractable anxiety that I went through from when I was a tiny little girl. I mean, I could tell you stories. Is I was, I was. I was on the spectrum. And instead of getting better as I grew older and I kept eating this stuff that was irritating my my neurological system, I got weirder and weirder. That's all I can say. Wow. But I can tell you this, that when I got rid of it, even the spectrum disorder symptoms got much, much better. Wow. Much, much better. I'm much, much better. And I had so much anxiety, Casey, that I, sometimes I just, I, when I think back on it, I was, I was tortured. That's how bad it was. And it, and it actually felt in my body, like every cell in my body was on fire. And then one day, about six to eight months after getting this poison out of my life, the anxiety just lifted and it just, it, it went away. And it was like, I was like, I, it was like being on a different planet. I had never felt that before. I never felt every cell in my body that was like, <laughs> just go and everything just calmed down. And yeah, now I, I'm still going through so much with getting rid of this because there's a few things with people that hear about this. One is, A, they don't believe it. They don't believe spinach and nuts can do this to you. Yep, that's right. And then the second thing, the third thing they say is, well, everybody's different. No, everybody, I, I want to tell you, not everybody's different. Poison is poison for all living organisms. You're not going to get away with it. You can think what you want. You know, Sally will tell you this. She says it all the time. The worst symptom of oxalate 
poisoning is there are no symptoms until there are. And that's when you find it out. And when you find it out, you're in the condition that I, I was in and, and I'm still climbing out of that ditch. Wow. So be aware that poison will kill you in whatever form it comes in. And plants do not want to be eaten. Nuts do not want to be eaten. They're like seeds do not want to be eaten. They want to be planted in the ground and they want to grow. They do not want to be eating. It's a defense chemical that they need in order to survive like we want to survive. So how stupid of us. They have that in them to survive and then we eat it and then we turn into what I turned into. Yeah, we're so entitled. Right. We're so entitled. We think that all of these plants are put here for us to just take whenever we want. That's it's not, it's absolutely not true. That's such a great point. And honestly, you know, yes. So I'm on the spectrum and I may have higher levels in my, in my blood than a neurotypical person. It doesn't matter. You still are going to be affected whether you're neurotypical neurodivergent, autistic, not autistic, you are going, it's going to get you. I can promise you that. And that's why I'm so militant about trying to spread the the word because it's almost like wanting to pull people out of a ditch. You know, they're digging a ditch and they're getting in it themselves. And you're over there saying, don't climb in because you, the ditch is going to get so deep, deep, you're not going to be able to get out. And, you know, what actually ended up happening, and if you want, we'll we'll go there. I hope I'm not all over the place, but after I had sur- a couple of surgeries, three, four, I don't know, five, six, seven, I had seven in six years or something like that, and my insides were not holding together. Well, who knew? I would come home after surgery, and then I'd have some, you know, roasted beets. I would eat them like apples, or, or I or I was afraid that I would be constipated. So I would take high doses of vitamin C, which metabolize into oxalates. That's right. Right. That's right. Uh, Or afraid, you know, one of the surgeries was gynecological. So I was always afraid that, Oh my God, if I was constipated, now you have to understand oxalates will constipate you. So when people say, well, how come I'm eating spinach and I'm drinking spinach smoothies and I'm, you know, I'm eating nuts and seeds, but I, I can't, I mean, drinking chia seeds and, I can't poop. Well, the reason you can't poop is because you're doing that. Okay. And you're paralyzing your intestines and the motility that you need in order to move that stuff through doesn't work. Yeah. It's so counterintuitive because people eat spinach because they think they want the fiber that they think will help the food pass through. And it does exactly the opposite. And the, one of the blockages I had, I, it's kind of funny now it was a, I was eating, I think they were from Trader Joe's. I was eating um, artichoke stems that were like marinated. And I, you know, ate one. Eight months later, I was gripping the garbage can outside of a big hospital here. And I was having, you know, vomiting into the can because I had a, a blockage that blocked me from, I'd say, I think, I think three quarters of my intestines had totally collapsed. And the artichoke piece was stuck in there. What? So if somebody said, I, I mean, I say this all the time and I don't mean to be, I try to be funny because it's not really funny, but I, people say to me, well, don't you miss having chocolate? And don't you miss this? And don't you miss, I No, I don't miss it. And if the only thing I could eat was a piece of ceiling tile, to not feel the way I felt before, 
I would take the ceiling tile. Yeah. They're like, well, that's ridiculous. What are you going to eat? What are, are you going to only eat meat? Well, I was dead and I was eating all of that stuff. And I couldn't even, I couldn't even see how I was going to survive another month. And I probably wouldn't if I, if God didn't grab me and, and shake me and get me out of it. So I'd rather eat steak and enjoy my life than eat all of that stuff and be in a ward with an NG tube down my throat every three months. Wow. Yeah. People, people ask me all the time. Like I'm, I, I have to be abstinent from sugar. If I have sugar, my anxiety goes through the roof and I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I feel like everything around me is failing. I feel like a failure myself. I don't know what to do. Everything's collapsing around me. And so I don't eat sugar and people say, Oh, is it difficult for you not to eat sugar? And it's like, no, it's really difficult to have anxiety. I can avoid sugar. I can go the rest of my life and never have sugar at all and be just fine. And it's really interesting that you say that. And so go ahead. <clears throat> no, which is more painful? Exactly. Giving up chocolate or having to have emergency surgery exactly. for a blockage. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And so it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because Sally recently was hosted on a podcast um, that's hosted by Daniel Vitalis. Um, he, he's done a lot of work in the health and fitness space for a long time. I told James Lehman this. He's known as the carnivorist on Instagram. Really great guy. I know you know him. Um, oh, I love him. He's great. He's amazing. Also dealt with a lot of oxalate. But, but Daniel Vitalis said to her, like, don't you think it's really funny that all of these vegans end up going carnivore? Of course, they would swing pendulums one way to the other. And, you you know, it was almost as if he he thought like he thought the vegans that were ex-vegan now went carnivore just to kind of like, you know, show the vegans what's up or whatever. And and I'm really glad she said what she said. She's like, no, no, no. People don't go carnivore because they want to be anti-vegan. People go to carnivore because they're very sick and they need healing. And that's the reason why they do it. They're not trying to be anti-vegans. They're trying to heal themselves because they did so much damage. It's very, very different. Yes, it's the gift of desperation. Exactly. I know it sounds very dramatic, but I just wanted to go back and just say, like, I, you know, I don't want to go through every jot and tittle of all the illnesses that I've been through. And it's just, you know, but what happened was um, two and a half years ago, when I was trying to ensure that I didn't have to go for a third surgery because two of them already failed. I um I I stopped all dairy and I was metal uh pedal to the metal plants vitamin C metamucil which also I'm not going to say is also something that you know can I they're not I'm not going to say just don't take it that's all I'm going to say and I was I was so proud of myself and I got worse by the day. It must have been, it's almost like, you know, they talk about histamine buckets or a cup with water to the top. I must have been like, like a millimeter from the top of the cup with all that I had already been through. It was right at the top and I put myself totally over the edge, completely. I had burning gastritis, which right, right now is, I'm, I'm having it right now because it's a, a dumping symptom too, because anything that you get when, you, when you're eating oxalate, when you dump it in cycles, you can also get the same symptoms again or new ones. So 
Now I get excited because I know if my thumb hurts, which all my arthritis is gone, all of my rotator cuff is gone, wow. all of the lumps in my breasts are gone, all of my UTIs are gone, all you know. Whenever I do get a symptom, I I'm encouraged because I say, you know what, I'm healing. This stuff is coming out. Those wow. buggers are leaving. Wow. But but what happened was um, from January to March, I got sicker and sicker, and I was eating that way. And I was so proud. I remember one night saying to my husband, "Look at this! I have this huge salad. You know, oh praise God, this is going to really make me. You know, and yet the gastritis was getting so bad that I I would just lay lay on my couch on my little love seat over there and cry. I was like, God, please, I can't take this pain anymore. After all I had already been through. Wow. I felt like I had the flu 24-7. I was like walking around like this. I would go to the store if I could drag myself. I was having panic attacks. The floor under me would feel like it was falling out. I was poisoned. I was toxic. I was poisoned. I don't know how I lived through it. That's how poisoned I was. And everybody was like, take another Xanax. You know, you're very, you're very nervous. You need to, have... I'd be like, no, something's wrong with my body. Something's wrong with my body. Then I started getting um, vulvodynia. Now, if any of the ladies out there know what vulvodynia is, it's like when these crystals start to leave your body, your whole urinary tract gets irritated. The whole area around your urethra gets irritated and the whole, your lady bits all get irritated and they feel like somebody took a propane lighter and set you on fire. So now my stomach, everything from my stomach to, you know, I have no dignity anymore, Casey. It's just like grandma. (laughs) Because if it helps you and you can relate to that, then wake up. Anyway. And then on top of all of that, I got such bad vertigo that one day I just said to my husband, I cannot stand up. You have, I'm going to vomit. You have to get me to the hospital. Took me to the hospital. Everything was spinning. I was there for like a day with such bad vertigo. Now this was like almost like critical mass. I had gotten to the point where I had critical mass. So I had all these surgeries, all these problems, burning stomach, burning, burning, you know, uh, a vertigo where I couldn't keep my head up, you know, panic attacks, everything. But the burning down there was so bad that I would just cry. I, I wanted to die. So I looked back to something that I had researched from my mother because she had all of this and she died of pulmonary fibrosis. Wow. So it ends up that this stuff leaves through your urine, through your stool, through your respiration. And through, that's why vegans get sarcoidosis in their lungs, scar tissue. Wow. Because I know vegans that have it. It's because this stuff is trying to get out. And as it's getting out, it's tearing through tissue and causing star, scar tissue. Wow. Anyway, I, I look back at this vulva, vulva pain foundation and there was, you know, very humble little site. And I guess this researcher had done a lot of research on vulvodynia. His name was, I'm not sure, I think it was Simon. I don't know what his whole name was, but it just said, if you wanted the pain to stop, you need to go on a low oxalate diet. And then it gave a short list of the foods you needed to take out. And I did. I said, okay. 
I don't have anything to lose. I'm going to stop eating some of these foods. So I, I started to eliminate the food. And I, the only way, I, the only description I can give you a word picture of what it was like. It was like the fire in my drawers was to, being turned down. It was like I was sitting on the burner on a stove 24-7 and somebody finally was taking the flame and turning it down. And every day I stayed away, the flame went lower and lower and lower until the burning stopped. Wow. That must have been amazing. I mean, it sounds like a long and gradual process, so, but it must have felt yeah, amazing. Listen, but you know, but listen, you're you're younger than my kids, okay? I have I have kids in their 40s. When you go through 30 or 40 years of pain and agony, and you don't you can't get well no matter what you try to do. And the thing that you're doing to try to get well is making you sicker and you don't know it. And you're, it feels like you're living second to second to just be able to survive to the next second without, you know, without, without losing it completely. When that pain started to go away, I was like, now I'm on to something. Wow. Okay. Something is with this. But the, the miraculous thing about it was that When I, I was trying to get rid of that pain, but when I did that, so many other things started to improve. Okay. All the swelling in my fingers went away. I could start to move my thumbs. Thing, I could get my rings on and off my fingers. I had a lump. I mean, I keep, I mean, every part of my body was affected, but I had a lump in my breast that was the size of an egg. Wow. Okay. I could not touch my breasts. They were, they were killed me, Casey. They were always sore, sore, sore. It went away. Wow. Gone. Gone. Okay. Anxiety went away. Um, pain in my neck went away. Uh, and I was like, what in the world is going on? I didn't even really realize. I just was like, I'm, I'm not eating these foods. And all of a sudden, all the things that were ailing me, and especially, honestly, if you're anxiety, I mean, if you suffer from anxiety or panic attacks, you know how horrible it is, right? It's almost like when that goes away, you can deal with pretty much anything. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. You, you take it for granted that you ever felt as terrible as you did or that things got as stressful as they did because everything seems to be like, okay, well, you know, this broke, so I'll just replace it. Or this kind of, this thing happened in life, so I'll just like work around it and find a new solution. You're right. Like you, 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 and you, and you don't, you, you don't notice that day when it happens until you're like, wait a second, it's, it's actually gone. It's, it's really amazing. I'm, I'm curious to know, what did you first learn about the low oxalate diet and what was your resistance? to it. Did you have any resistance to it? I had no resistance to it because the way I learned about it was when I looked on that vulva pain foundation thing, there was the, that's what they said to stop that, that vulvodynia. So I had no resistance to that because right then and there, if somebody told me I had to work, walk over hot coals to get the pain to go away, I would have done it. And that's why I call it the gift of desperation. You know, Sometimes the people that have really grabbed a hold of this are people that, for whatever reason, the amount of it they ate, you know, their dedication to being uh, well, uh, whether they were vegan, whether they had dairy in their life, whether they have, you know, genetic components where they don't detox as well as other people, gut issues. I don't, I don't know 
know why some people manifested sooner. I want to reiterate, it's going to catch up with everyone. No one is getting away with this. When people say, I mean, a couple of people said to me, well, you know, everybody's different. You know, never. No. Humans cannot. Yeah, they're very, they're different when they have different color hair, you know, and maybe they can, some can eat a little more sugar than others and not get hyper. You know, yeah, they're that. when you eat poison, which it is, let's get back to basics. It's poison. It will eventually catch up with you, whether yep. you believe it or not. Yep. So. I had no resistance. No, I had no resistance. I would have done anything to get better. And now I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I feel like God wants me to tell people. You can get better. Yeah. You can get better. And what's the big deal? There's a list that's this long. Okay. So you can't live without sweet potatoes. I mean, you're going to die if you don't have sweet potatoes. No, you're not. You're going to die if you eat the sweet potatoes, but you're not going to die if you get rid of them. You can't live without spinach. There's so many, you know, like Sally, I'll tell you, there's so many substitutions that you could have that you wouldn't even miss the spinach if you have to eat vegetables at all. But yeah, so no, I had no resistance. I still have no resistance. And even in the midst of dumping now for almost three years, we're going through a lot with that also with coming out of my skin. And now my stomach is, I'm having some issues with that, but it passes. And when you get to the other side of the dump, you have an oasis of glorious, miraculous well-being that you never had before. So you, it's almost like you're crawling through a desert of hell. And then when you reach that little place where there's like a little palm tree and there's a little stream of water, you get in there and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, and then when you get when it's time to start again, you say, OK, there's another one over there and I have to get from here to there and I'm going to make it. But when I get there, I'm going to feel better than I did at this oasis. Totally worth it. And that that keeps you going. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm and that's where I am. And so this is the rest of my life. It's not something you start and stop. It's like, oh, when I get it out, can I, you know, can I have my chocolate again? No. No. Chocolate is poison. Spinach is poison. Nuts are poison. Seeds are poison. Swiss chard is poison. Black tea is poison. Okay. So if you like to eat poison, you know, I would say, people say, well, if I only have a little bit, well, that's like saying, if I only drink a, a shot glass of gasoline versus a whole eight out eight ounce tumbler, that's okay, right? No, it's not okay. But the good news is you could do whatever you want, right? right? People can do whatever they want. Yep. I'm here to tell you that if if there's anything that's bothering you in your body, I don't care what it is, from the head, top of your head to the tip of your toes, there's a good chance that it has an oxalate component related to it. Yep. That's and, how dangerous 
is. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And we forget that this, you know, when you can go to the store 365 days out of the year and buy a bag of spinach anywhere on the planet, you forget that this used to be very seasonal. People didn't have this all year round. And we learned how to prepare things. Grandma always peeled the potatoes. They always cooked the spinach and then served it with, like you said, something dairy. It came with cream. The potatoes tasted really good with sour cream. I hated milk when I was growing up. I couldn't drink milk, but whenever I ate, whenever I ate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I loved milk. It tasted really good. And and we don't understand and appreciate those things. The calcium thing, the, the, the dairy thing is so interesting. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is a way that your body can help to, you know, detoxify and get this stuff out. And it's just accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and all these people that think they're doing the best thing. Right. And it's like, when you accumulate something like, it's funny because when I, you don't even know where you're accumulating. You might have hot spots in your body that it really hurts. You can't move your breast, your ears are ringing, you have floaters in your eyes. I got news for you. When I dump, last dump around in the summer, I got gout in my foot and I couldn't walk. That means that those crystals were in there and I didn't even know it. Everything was hurting me so much more that I actually had crystals in my foot and I didn't even feel it. So you hear me? Okay. And I want to tell you cooking spinach, cooked spinach has more oxalate in it than uncooked spinach. (laughs) Crazy. Wow. So give me, tell us about, (laughs) (laughs) well, tell us about the dumping itself because um, both Monique and Sally have different ways of kind of approaching this similar, but different. What, how, how do you help your people with the dumping? Is it just something that they really need to understand that yes, they're going to crawl through the desert and they will get to the other side or are there ways that people can make the dumping easier on themselves? Well, one of the things is very important is like, if you're like a heavy vegetable, nut seeds, all that tea drinking person, you cannot just stop eating all those foods. That's why the, a lot of people that go pure carnivore, they feel really sick and they think it's like they're not fat adapted or they're this or that. I don't even know what they say. I'm telling you, it's oxalate leaving the body. Okay. And you don't want it to leave too, too fast because I, the analogy I give, it's like a highway that's crowded with cars. You have and you can't, the traffic's moving very slowly. That's your, your bloodstream loaded with oxalate, right? You want those cars to move and the side streets to come off very slowly from the side, the cars that are waiting on the side street to get onto that highway, right? To fit in with the traffic, right? So if you just clear that highway off and all that side street dumps into the highway, it's it's overpowering for your body. You don't want to do that. So if you're eating uh, potatoes, spinach, drinking almond milk, oh, eating chocolate, so you have to kind of pick one and get rid of it and stay with the others and slowly bring it down, down, down. Because if you don't, you're going to end up being, you could get, you could end up sicker than you actually are on the oxalate. That's right. Right. Um, so, and then the other thing is, is that you have to find a couple of tools that'll help you through it. For me, tea helps. I, um, I'll, I'll drink a cup of uh, strong black tea. If, if my symptoms get really bad, I'll drink the tea and it kind of, 
it kind of slows that traffic down and not so many side street cars get into that highway and it just makes everything slow. Um, mineral baths, sauna, you know, the, um, the elixir that we drink is um, a couple of lemons, water, potassium citrate, magnesium citrate, and calcium citrate. I personally get it all in powders and I add it to my water and I sip it throughout the day. So I'm constantly having that. I just don't take the pills and, you know, and that all helps you walk. And just having a community of people that understand is huge because like you said before, it's like you tell somebody that spinach is making them sick and they're like, oh my God, now she thinks spinach is making people <laughs> sick. Oh, we knew she was nuts before. Now we know for sure she's out of her mind. <laughs> but, you know, I love my friend James, you know, the carnivorist. And I he picked up on something that I said, and I truly believe this. It's like nothing speaks louder than a, a changed life. Mm. right so if you're sick what is that big line across my face i'm in the sun and it's coming through the window and everything but if you've been sick for 30 years and everybody in your life has seen you moaning groaning and spending time in the hospital they're going to see the difference they're going to see that something happened something changed so they can mock you all they want they can say you're you're out of your mind and the problem is, is that when you're the type of health-minded person that we are, where we try really hard to stay well, uh, and we made ourselves sick trying to stay well, then when we really find something that actually makes us well, the people in our life think it's just another fad that we're going through. Right. And so they don't believe it. They say, oh, now now she's on this. Now she's eating meat and fat and drinking more dairy. Now, how long is this going to last? The only difference between this Bad and that bad is that one made me sick and this one is getting me much much better. Wow! Right? Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I I think it's like you said. Like you can understand the science, you can get into the nitty gritty of all this stuff, but at the end of the day, we're all our own people. We get to make our own decisions, and we should make decisions based on how we feel. And when whatever gives you that feeling, if you're suffering, you'll do anything, whatever it takes, to get rid of that suffering. And and I, it's so amazing to hear your story and to hear that, you know, the dumping is still happening. And of course that's going to continue for a while, but I'm, I'm really curious, what was it about you that decided to share your story on Instagram in particular? I'm, I'm almost, well, I, I, in my life, I've done public speaking. I've done, I've been published a lot. Right. You know, I, I'm always have a strong conviction and I come to find out that that's a spectrum symptom. Interesting. Female, female uh, autistics, they are very different than male autistics. Okay. So female autistics are very verbal. They're more social. And, and all autistic people have a strong sense of justice. And I'm extremely pissed off. Okay. I'm really pissed off because... I was led to believe by the powers that be and the people in health and in the medical field and even in the government that if I loaded myself up with plant food, I was going to be like superwoman and I almost ended up in a coffin. So they led me astray. So I've never been afraid to speak my mind about what I believe to be truth. And, and I know that this is true. And so it doesn't matter if people don't like me. Doesn't matter if they don't want to hear it. There's people out there that do. 
And if one, if I can pull one person out of the the fiery pit of hell that I was in, or prevent people from going into that pit to begin with, I've accomplished everything. And it doesn't matter what, even what you know, people in, in authority will say. You know, we know that they want us to eat bugs now and take away our meat. And, <laughs> right. Well, so how, how how's what how's their suggestions worked out for you so far? Have they worked out for you so far? <laughs> because so far, anything they suggest ends up being something that kills a lot of people. So guess what? Anything they tell me to do, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm a real rebel. And God gave me a platform. I mean, Instagram is someplace I, I you just go there and say, hi, I'm a low wax grandma. And guess what? Don't eat spinach. And the next thing you know, you got 4,000 followers. I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. That's I mean, so cool. That's so cool. Right? I love that. So, so wait, where, where on that journey do most people find you? Are people finding you when they're first starting out? Do people find you before they even know that oxalate's a problem? Do people find you like after they've already gotten over the oxalate and they find you because they can relate to you or is it all of the above? All of the above. I even have some stragglers that straggle in and they're like, hey, wait, what, 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 what? <laughs> and then I, 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 you know, like James calls me the evangel the oxalate evangelist, or whatever. I don't know what that big thing is. I don't know if you can see that across the screen. Um, they end up becoming converts. Like you're telling me if I kind of, I'm like, listen, this isn't a big deal. Okay. You, you can't poop. You have UTIs all the time and you have migraines and you can't move your head. So here's, let's, let's do something. Let's take a, a little bit of a, a test here. Okay. Let's pick 10 foods on this list and let's just try to eliminate them over the next six months. In six months, if nothing changes, then you can tell me I'm wrong. I had a friend whose mother did it and she had such bad vertigo. She couldn't, she couldn't even drive. She just got rid of the spinach and the chocolate. And two weeks later, she was driving her car. The vertigo went away. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Poison and toxins will make you dizzy. Okay. Wow. What makes you dizzy and makes you have a headache? So if you have a headache, you know, uh, this is what you see. You see people going, yeah, I have migraines. Yeah, I, I take migraine medication. Well, that's not normal. Sorry. Yeah, I have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot, I'm a very anxious person. That's not normal either. God didn't make you anxious. Sorry. Something in your environment is agitating your nervous system and making you feel anxious. Find out what it is instead of trying to pop pills to fix it, not even fix it, ice it over. It's like having a, I don't want to be too descriptive. It's like having a, a poop cake and icing it with really beautiful <laughs> sprinkles on top and beautiful flowers. It's still poop underneath, right? Well, don't, <laughs> don't Love take medicine. Well, um, you know, I mean, is that, isn't it true? Yes. If, uh, if I'm sick and you don't want to find the root cause of what's making me ill, you're just icing over a bad situation and making and not fixing anything. My body was made to heal. If my body is sick in any way, it means something is making it sick. Find out what it is, get rid of it, and heal. Yeah. 
I'm better right now. I am better. I feel better. I look better. Everything is better than it's been in the last 30 years. I wasted 30 years of my life. 30. Wow. Not two weeks, 10 months, you know, not some cute little chicken in, in, you know, yoga pants in the gym going like this, you know, you know, I'm talking about 30 years of my life. Okay. Because of spinach. I just, I love, I love your spirit and I love that you've gone through this journey and, and that you're willing to share it. I can tell you've already impacted a lot of people. Do you have plans to do anything different other than Instagram or is that the platform you're going to continue on for the foreseeable? I'm just letting, I, you know, I still work. A job. I work in a, a college, a local community college. I, you know, I still work. I live on Long Island, so I still have to work. And I, I'm just going to let, like I said, God brought me here. I believe that. I believe I couldn't pray to, for healing. I and I'm I'm a strong believer. And but God heard my heart, and He showed me a way, and He knows what my gifts are, and He knows that I'm not going to be shy about sharing it. And along the road that I've been on for the last year and a half or so, so many people that are also, you know, have a strong faith have found, we found each other. So I feel that there's a large, I don't want to get weird on you, but I feel there's a spiritual component to this. I feel like I always, I always say that like the devil couldn't kill good people with drugs and alcohol. So he's using spinach and nuts to do the job. Well, sorry. okay. So a lot of the people that are sick are, are people that just want to be good people. They want to, they want to serve God or serve their fellow man or just have a life with their family where they don't feel ill and where their family doesn't hate them because they're sick all the time. And, and, that's the people that I'm, I, I reach out to. Do I have any other plans? I don't feel, I don't feel that I'm um, knowledgeable enough yet about the science of this. Do you know what I mean? To, to, to put myself in a position where I would say like uh, do private counseling or anything like that, you know, and I feel very responsible to have that kind of knowledge because it's a big responsibility to help people to get well. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And as the doors open, wherever God leads, I'll walk through them. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I love that. I think your story is powerful enough for people to hear and you're really doing wonderful work. And we're so grateful for you that you'd come on our show <clears throat> just in time for my voice to completely fail. Jeannie, where do you want people to go to find you and connect with you and your work? Um, it's just, I'm just low ox grandma on Instagram right now. That's me. That's where I am. Um, and there's a great group of people there. They're all going through the same thing. Uh, you're not alone. If you started this on your own and you're feeling like you're alone, you're not alone. If you're having strange symptoms and you don't know what they are and your crazy mind is telling you you're going to die in two weeks of some dread disease, you're not. You're just dumping. And if you go there, we'll support one another. That's amazing. Well, no? Yeah, that's amazing. Jeannie, thank you so very much for all of your work, for the journey that you've gone on and the willingness to share it. We're so grateful for you and the time that you took to be on our show today. So thank you so very much for being on our show. We really appreciate you bless you. I appreciate you too. Absolutely. And this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio.
As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It has been such a joy to go on this journey now that it's been two years of doing these episodes and all the amazing conversations that we've had with thought leaders and to be able to share this message around the world with literally hundreds of thousands of people has been so amazing. If you haven't already, please go over to Apple, leave us a rating and review as it's the best way for the show to continue to grow and touch more lives of people out there. I am so excited to announce that we are launching the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. This is something that I have been working really hard at for a very long time and something I am very proud of. Now that we have done over 300 episodes, our content can be a little bit overwhelming if you really want to learn about one particular topic and really zero in on that topic. So that is exactly what I have done. I have gone through all of our episodes, taken the very best clips all about one particular topic and put them into long-form very informative and concise episodes called the Boundless Body Radio Premium Podcast. That can be found on our brand new Patreon page, which I'm really excited to announce as we have all kinds of different offers there and different tiers. We're including early releases of our show, Boundless Body Radio. We typically keep about 15 to 20 episodes scheduled at any given time. So we have options there where you can have early access to those. We are also offering group and one-on-one coaching and also access to these premium podcast episodes, the Balanced Body Radio Premium Podcast. We have three that are launching right now, and I will be making a new one every other week. And we believe that we are providing these for a very, very high value. So please check us out on Patreon, check the link in the notes to be able to get there. And thank you as always for listening to Boundless Body Radio.